the grasshopper plays around all summer long, and when the winter's chill comes, the grasshopper dies because it has no home to go into. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 25th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Yay! This is one of the great joys of my week sharing with each of you. If you haven't had an opportunity to visit us on social media, join the online conversation at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Instagram. Today's show is titled Mindset for Black Entrepreneurs, and we'll delve in there shortly. So today's guest is none other than Lewis Kelly to help shape a dialogue around mindset for entrepreneurs. Lewis Kelly's life is a testimony to his business acumen. Over the years, he's developed a deep concern for the future of our next generation, dedicating his life to helping others in the Hampton Roads area. As a result, Kelly's been named a self-development coach. Kelly believes that liberation is imperative for uplifting the mind, that liberation cannot be attained without obtaining the right knowledge, and the power of right knowledge alone destroys ignorance, creating freedom. Self-reliance has always been his motto with the basis that self-reliance produces growth, and growth is a result of personal effort. I am so excited to welcome serial entrepreneur and self-development coach, Mr. Lewis Kelly. How are you, sir? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. And it is truly a delight. It's my pleasure. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. So let's get the conversation going. Um, when I think about sort of the state of the community, um, I'm with you. Everything starts in the mind. Yes. You know, certainly we are suffering in our condition. What do you see as practical steps for us to undo some of that programming and um get into what will make sense for our community? That is a great question. When it comes to the mind and the word itself, mindset, the best definition that I've been able to run across is that the mind is the faculty of consciousness of thought. Hmm. The faculty of consciousness of thought. I've got to have you break that down to like a third grade level. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the mind is considered the last of the frontier. The mind is considered that it is the last unexplored continent on the universe. Man has been able to explore, tear up, Mm. (laughs) dethrone, burn down Wall Street as many things as they can possibly see and as many things as they, as they possibly can get to. Mm-hmm. It was a story years ago, a fable, where a group of men got together that came up with the beauty of life, the things that we need to conquer our minds, our lives, and the world. Mm. And when they came up with the answers, the number one thing that was asked is, where can we place this? Where can we hide this so man cannot find it easily? Because of that word Eureka, which means I have found it. 
where can we hide it? Because we don't want the enemies to find it so quickly. And one of the gods got together and says, I know where to find it or where to hide it. Let's, let's hide it at the tallest mountain. And one of the other gods says, no, one day man will climb the tallest mountain. He'll find it quickly. Another one of the gods said, I know where to hide it. Let's hide it in the deepest sea. And one came back and says, no, because one day man will swim the deepest sea. He'll easily find it and destroy it. Then the other one says, I know where to hide it. Let's hide it within man himself because he will never think to find it there. Wow. So when it comes to the word mindset, which is the faculty of consciousness of thought, and the word set is something that you put lay or stand we have to understand that all of this takes place within our consciousness and within our consciousness that's where we can greatly protect it super deep (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about it because when you first said mind is the faculty of consciousness of thought Yes. I thought you meant the capacity to think about thinking, but I don't think that's what you meant. Uh, yes, that is. It is the, the mind is the capacity of think, but it has to be housed in a particular area so that you can think. Got it. The good book says, God says, let there be light. And then there was light. Mm-hmm. That was the first day. But if you ask most people, what does that word light mean? They're going to tell you that God was talking about the sunlight. Hmm. If you go back and read the scriptures, you will find out that the sun, the moon, and the stars did not, was not created until the fourth day. (laughs) So God could not have been saying, let there be light when he talks about the sun, the moon, and the stars. That light represented knowledge. Let there be knowledge first. Let there be thought first. Because once thought enters into the mind, then it can be spoken or shared. But it cannot be spoken or shared unless it's created first within thyself. I'm following you now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. We're sitting with Lewis Kelly having a deep conversation about mindset for black entrepreneurs. And I think it's so, it's important. I mean, what we're establishing here that um, that thought precedes everything everything else. Everything. Nothing, Um, Nothing that has ever been created Everything that you can look around, we're looking at the computers, we're looking at the keyboards, we're looking at the microphone. None of this came into existence without thought. Sure. Everything was created from imagination. Mm-hmm. It was created in the mind. Uh, sight plans to build a house. 
was created within the mind and put finally on paper and then given to a particular contractor to build. This is why in the book of life, and I'm not doing this to, to proselytize, I'm doing this just to teach. Sure. This is why in the book of life, the teachings of Jesus, his profession was a carpenter. He was a builder. <laughs> a builder. I got there you. There you go. So let me ask this. So now I'm thinking through, right? I'm thinking about the status of our community. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about where the cognitive error must be. Right. That is continuing to perpetuate such a scenario. Very good point. We have to understand the computer. I received years ago um, a computer degree before computers became computers. Hmm. Um, <laughs> back okay. in the day, way before you were born. <laughs> oh, wow. The, uh, uh, computers was a thing of the past. As a matter of fact, there was a company out called the Olivetti Company, which produced the Olivetti Typewriter. Okay, okay. And the Olivetti Typewriter was the most popular of all back in those days. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a new company came into existence called IBM. Got it. A little bit of history. And IBM came on the scene telling people that they were going to be the ones that would bring into fruition the computer era. And the people at the Olivetti Typewriter Company laughed at it. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, years later, due to a lack of belief and understanding of the future, Olivetti went out of business. Wow. And IBM is still going. Okay. With the computer era. Sure. And now your generation has even and will continue to take it even further Mm -hmm. into understanding that our minds are computers. Absolutely. And in the computer field, the first lesson in the computer field, they used to teach us G-I-G-O, which stands for garbage in, garbage out. Okay. Whatever you put in the computer is going to eventually come out. Sure. Whatever is in the minds and the hearts of a human being, it will eventually come out. Sure, sure. <laughs> Wow. They so make, they the make, they, yeah, yes, it's the garbage thing. It's whatever you have put in it, mm-hmm. or it's, it's whatever things have been placed in you. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand I know that uh, we just finished with Black History Month, but Black History is every day. Sure. Forget 28 days. That's a, that's a, that's a tragedy. Agreed. <laughs> we can talk about Black History every day of the week because all of our history will represent Black History in some shape, form, or fashion. And so we have to understand that when we were in the 1600s, our slave masters instituted different laws that were not laws, that were, they were not humane laws. Right. They made black people three-fifths of a human being. Right. Actually, really quickly... Uh, If you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. Uh, We're talking with self-development coach and 
uh, strategic businessman, Mr. Lewis Kelly. We're talking about mindset. Um, and we've just sort of posed the question, if it's true that thinking precedes everything else, mindset comes first. Um, sort of stating the obvious here, really, that Absolutely. when you look at the state of the black community, there's been some faulty programming Absolutely. that has contributed to our, our, our present scenario. You were saying 1600 slave masters. In the 1600s, the slave masters basically gave us everything that they thought we needed to have. And everything that they thought that we needed to have, believe it or not, was not anything that was good for us. Why would we, why would we accept, we had to accept it because that's all we had, we had, mm -hmm. but why would we think that a person that is not going to treat you right is going to teach you right? Oh, wow. A person that is not going to treat you right. treat you right is not going to teach you right. Absolutely. Wow. I, I, I take copious notes during oh, this oh, session. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Wow. Okay. So what started happening with all of these particular so-called things of teaching, mm -hmm. we had to accept things that our slave masters instituted for us to have. Sure. Even down to our dress, even down to our language, even down to our, the things that we would eat. They would eat the meat off of the hog. They would give us the intestines. Also known as? Chitlin dinners. Oh, wow. <laughs> You getting under folks' skin? <laughs> well, that's just, hopefully, they, hope, hopefully they will understand that God intended things for good as man intended things for evil. Sure. And one of the beauties of God, our Creator, is that He gave us the ability to love watermelons, mm. and watermelon is a cleanser that cleanses the body of chitlin. So that's the balance, right? Exactly. Love that. <laughs> Love that. You hear people back in the day used to sell chitlin dinners. Nobody ever thought about selling a watermelon dinner. Wow. It's much more healthier. Sure. Because the mind, the mind is also a contributor of health to where if our health is not in proper order, neither will our minds be. Hmm. Because health is wealth. Agreed. And if our if if our health is not on point, neither will our mental uh, state of mind be on point. Yeah, that's deep because you would think that the mindset would contribute to you know wanting to partake in healthy foods, but yes. in actuality, we only gonna eat what we've been trained to eat. That's right. Until we do one major thing. Mm -hmm. My concept is that we all have to learn to unlearn. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to we have to unlearn the things that was given to us once we go within ourselves and we ask the inner spirit, the inner being of us where you have that our ancestors used to have that gut feeling. 
Yeah. It, it used to be called uh, intuition. Intuition, right. Aha. Uh-huh. And so those aha moments will quietly tell you without a lot of noise and a lot of fanfare and a lot of hype, mm-hmm. it's going to speak to you in a whisper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to speak to you when music is playing and loud noises is playing and a lot of people are around. It's going to speak to you when you are in your quiet moment. Sure. And you will hear words that will say either aha uh-huh or uh-uh. <laughs> not going to give a whole lot of words, not going not to feed you a whole lot of hype and fanfare, you're going to hear something that's going to say, uh-huh, or uh-uh. So true. <laughs> I think we've got probably 30 seconds until we go to our first break. Okay. And actually, oh, we've got a little bit longer. I'll let you finish that thought. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and so, and so once, you, once you use the three major things to give you that intuition, mm-hmm. that your mind, your heart, and your gut feeling those three things have to work together to give you the answer. It's like a car. The car just doesn't start with the key. Right. The car right. starts with the key, the starter, and the battery. <laughs> mm. That's deep. The key turns it. The starters will start it once the wires with the battery cables are connected to the starter. Then you will get the electricity. So the heart, the mind, and your gut feeling, your stomach area, Mm -hmm. is where you will finally put those three things together and you will come up with a better answer than you will ever have in your your being. Wow. It's good stuff. No, it's really, really good stuff. (laughs) It's really good stuff. I am excited about this edition of Hashtag Add This to the List. Featuring government contracting here to share with us are uh, Mr. Christopher Letzinger. As an Army captain, Christopher Letzinger spent 15 years of his military career as a military contracting officer. Now retired, Letzinger is an independent government contracting consultant and co-owns C&L Consulting Group with his wife, Latricia, helping small businesses to do business with their local, state, and federal governments. Christopher and his wife are also owners of Elegant Occasions Unlimited, LLC, the world's only mobile formal wear boutique. And also joining us are Artis, is Artis Window. As a longtime government employee, Artis Window has an extensive background in contracts and acquisitions. In honored recognition for her work, RT earned a travel position as an international instructor and course curriculum developer for Defense Acquisition University, formerly known as the Air Force Institute of Technology and the Army Logistics Management Center. After retirement, RT founded RT Consulting and Training Incorporated, a small business enterprise headquartered in Virginia Beach, Virginia, that specializes in proven methods and strategies for increasing the success and growth of small business in government contracting. RTCT is a provider of consulting services and acquisition-related training tailored to federal, state, and local government procurement. Super excited to have both the student and the teacher joining us today. How are you both? I am good. Hi, Hi, Blair. Hi, Chris. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Hey, RT. Hi, Chris. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. I, I appreciate you both joining us on the call today. Certainly, this is a huge area, government contracting. Absolutely. Um, and just this past weekend, uh, both Christopher and RT were sharing that you know, there's so much opportunity there. I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of what those numbers look like. 
Right. I'll, I'll start off by saying this. The opportunities are there. Uh, and let me divide it up in this. I like to start at the bottom. Most people who get into government contracting um, basically just think that you can go out and get a contract. I start from the bottom. I make sure they have the critical keys to setting up and then being in position to go after those contracts. And then we move on to uh, Ms. RT uh, explaining the different levels. So Ms. RT, if you want to jump in that at any time, you're free to, free to go ahead. Sure. First, let me tell you where I am. I'm in Richmond at the VDOT MBE conference. And this is where we're discussing minority businesses, MBE certified businesses, getting a part of these large contracts that are coming into Virginia and the Hampton Roads area. The Thimble Shows project that's coming up, we have billion dollar contracts, the um, um, Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel expansion, and then we're also learning about other large contracts in the Northern Virginia area and further up that would be available to our MBE. Oh, wow. One of the yeah, that, that, that's what's yeah, going on here. Exciting. I usually come annually. I usually come annually. This year, I am here because I know it's going to impact the Hampton Roads area. But yeah. one of the things Thank that we, we, we want to... and committing yourself to bringing back that great information. Yes, I will bring the information back to our training session Saturday. So looking forward to those people that are interested in coming out and get additional information right. on, on those projects. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, now, and that's what the unique thing about it, as you, as you mentioned earlier, Blair, uh, Ms. RT was one of my mentors when I went through the, the uh, Defense Acquisition University. So we got the proper education. We have people that are in place that want to educate us. Um, on my level, um, even though I'm qualified on Ms. RT's level, I like to start with the base. Most of the time people see, like Ms. RT mentioned, large contracts, but not really set up and don't understand how that the government can be your best customer. We talked about that Saturday and we'll talk some more about that in the training. Gone are the days of just customers coming through the door. If you really want to expand your uh your business and you really want to climb it to the next level you have to think outside of the box um there are plenty once again like Ms. RT said there are plenty opportunities but we have to be set up and we have to take that leap and know that our business is structured correctly to get to Ms. RT to for her to then take you to that next level I love it. If you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. We're talking with Chris Letzinger and R.T. Swindo about opportunities in government contracting. The two will actually be featured this Saturday at a networking brunch and learn in Chesapeake. You can obtain tickets at marbrunchandlearn.eventbrite.com. I've got a question for both of you. Assuming I've got my business set up properly, mm-hmm. right, and I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground running, mm-hmm. how large is the opportunity? Are we talking about millions of dollars, billions of dollars, trillions of dollars? What do these numbers look like? Mr. RT, you want to go ahead. Okay. It can vary. It depends on the industry you're in, and it's also a, a matter of supply and demand. So sure. that's why we tell them you follow the industry, what's going on, where the money's coming, what type of programs are getting funded. So number one, it depends on the industry you're in. It can range anywhere up to the millions and billions. Normally for a small business, the billions would be maybe part of a team agreement or okay. as a subcontractor. Uh, what we're discussing here are P3s. They have the public-private partnerships. So that's nice. an avenue that you can take. But it can go up and you can get a portion of that. Right. So and she, they can go up to the millions and billions of dollars. And she hit on the point. Wow. Um, everybody sees the millions. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, 
2018, the, uh, the president put a bill in place that would stimulate $1 trillion worth of support in government contracting. Hmm. And then you break it down. Last year, uh, the state of Virginia's uh, budget was $70 million. I tell small businesses, you look at the big numbers and that's great, but you need to just get a portion of that because the key thing that we're going to teach Saturday and tell people is the key to getting to contracts is just get one. One contract will help you get your foot in the door, will solidify your business. Now, how you go about that, that's why me and Ms. Swindell are here. You can't go to the millions before you get to the one. Gotcha. And, that, go, and that's the confusion that people have. So by us teaming together, you have 25, you have almost 60 years of experience that can teach you if you're willing to do the work. I said Saturday, same thing. We have to start with the personal. What are you willing to sacrifice and get up and get set up? Here's the last key that I say, and I always say to people this, to get set up with the federal government is absolutely free. Don't buy a kit. Don't, don't go to these companies and say, hey, I can get you your first contract. If you are a small business, take my advice. Do these keys to set it up free and then start learning. Then get with me and Ms. Swindell to build your business to that level. Hmm. Yeah. I love it. Get your proper get your proper certifications in place. Absolutely. And and then that's the door opener. Right. Door so get the you. free setup and then get with a professional. Absolutely. To that. Absolutely. Okay. We have um secured also with my um interview, Ms. Swindell, because once again she's a mentor of mine. We have secured um a counseling and uh a um a lawyer, all the components that you would need to sit down and get everything together. So when you get ready to get to that level and get your first contract, we'll have all the people in place, the legal, the counseling, the experience. So we tell people to come out and, and listen and go for it. Go for it. It's absolutely free. Your tax dollars. I spent your tax dollars for 25 years in the military. And I tell people, I didn't come to contracting. Contracting fell on me because I was a finance officer coming up and I was doing the budgeting for brigades. And one day a contracting officer came into my thing and said, hey, you're qualified. I need somebody to be over technical contracts that come in to supervise. Mm -hmm. They sent me to the course and all of a sudden it opened my eyes to this whole new world. And I took it and I ran with it. I went to the VA University with Miss RT, got my degree, and then um, moved on to become a contracting officer. So I tell people all the time, there's steps in place, go for it. Let me ask this, RT. Um, can you speak about government set-asides for women and minority-owned businesses? Um, say what about it? With, within the contracting space, I'm asking, can you speak about uh, set-asides for women and minority-owned firms? Certainly, certainly. That's why you're getting your certification. You need to be certified in order to qualify for some of these set-asides. Okay. As a woman, woman-owned business, as a economically disadvantaged woman-owned business, as a veteran-owned business, as a husband-owned business. So you have to be in the right databases so you can qualify. When they set it aside, then only you and those other people that fit that category would be eligible to bid on it. So that, that's a definitely an avenue to everybody. That's one of the things that you should first look at. What do I qualify for? And this is the database that you need to get in. And Let me ask this just as a, as a quick follow-up question. Um, uh -huh. Those set-asides, do we find that those funds are typically fully utilized? Or are a lot of those monies remaining on the table because we're not taking advantage of these opportunities? 
it could be better. Mm. We do take advantage of it, but then I have also seen some that were opened up because we didn't have enough competition. Mm. But it's getting better now that we're becoming more familiar with how they actually operate. And so I- and, and getting getting ahead of it, knowing that it's coming down the pipe, getting to know, and that's key, getting to know the players, the mm. contracting officers, the people within the government who are going to make the determination. As if they don't know that you're out there, the rule of two, if they don't know that you're out there, then they can't set up the side. They need to know that there are enough people out here where there is going to be competition because it has to be contested. So you have to let the government know that you're out here and you fall into these particular categories. And also, where I come in with that, like she's saying, I teach them how to get to these government contracting officers. How to talk, because I was one of them. They don't know that. They say, you see, you talk about set-asides. Well, okay, there's money out there. Now what do I do? Let I, me have you clarify that really quickly. What is the role of a government contracting officer? Okay. The role of a government contracting officer is really to process a requirement for the government. I'll give you a perfect example and people can realize this. These mics that we're talking on, mm-hmm. there's a requirement that the university needs to buy a certain amount of mics. Okay. My job would be to to um, set the requirement up. We need, I'll keep it simple, we need two mics. They have to do such, such, and such mm-hmm. and within the scope of the budget. Do they sure. meet the pricing? I'm not, you know, everybody says, well, yeah, they pay $1,000 for a pen, $1,000 for a mic. It doesn't exactly work like that. We pay a certain amount for profit but the mic has to be a certain requirement. So instead of we don't produce it, we go out and say, hey, is there anybody that sells mics? It has to be such and such specifications. Mm-hmm. And I make sure as a contracting officer, it's within that scope. That's so as a small business owner, what then is my interaction with you? Okay, if you're an audio person, you have an audio store mm-hmm. and you see that the university needs these mics and you hold these mics, then you want to sell those mics to the to the university, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's that's the. So you sort of mediate that relationship, right? Is that, right, right. Okay. I mean, the, we make sure the requirements are met. Your business is in the right uh, setup, like Miss Swindell was saying. Okay. You have the ability to bid on these mics, and you have the ability to sell. So as a contracting officer, I just make sure on on that side that everything fits. You qualify, you have all your paperwork together, you meet all the requirements to even go ahead and bid. And on the reverse side. If you're in the system, I may come to you. We're allowed to come to you and say, hey, we're in need of this. Can you give me a bid? Most small companies don't even understand how to bid. Mm. Critical. So there's a gap in there between, and this is what I love about, once again, me me and Ms. Swindell, because there's a gap of education. Everybody looks at the big, and they don't realize there's enough to eat off the small, to get to a larger. Grow your business. Stop thinking about customers walking through the door. I mentioned that Saturday and I'll show it uh, uh, at the last meeting. I'll show it again Saturday. Start thinking like like the millennials or something. You have to think different with your business. But why not have a customer that one, pays on time, two, will uh, also go to profits at all times. This is great. No, I'm I'm very excited about what we're doing this week. I just you know just a quick um, <laughs> secondary promo that this coming Saturday, uh, March the 16th from 11 to 1 p.m. you can meet and greet with Christopher Letzinger as well as R.T. Swindell. We'll be learning more about uh, government contracting opportunities, how to procure them at the local, the state, and the federal level. Again, it's 11 to 1 p.m. We'll be at the Cutlass Grill Restaurant in Chesapeake. Um, and you can obtain tickets via Eventbrite. Search up Networking Brunch and Learn. You'll see it right there under under government contracting. It's really been a, a, 
a pleasure and a privilege having you both on the show today. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Blair. Yes, we'll see you soon. Yeah, we'll see you Saturday. Black Enterprise Entrepreneurs Conference happening June 19th through the 22nd right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you want to know what it takes to be an entrepreneur, looking for tools to help your business thrive, want to network with key business leaders, looking to close your next big deal, you'll do all of the above and more at the 24th Annual Black Enterprise Entrepreneur Summit taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina. The three-day conference brings together more than 1,000 of the country's leading entrepreneurs, business funding services, and corporations. Then, in New York, uh, June 13th through 15th is the Great Girlfriends Conference. Grab your girls and head to the Great Girls Conference for a weekend of workshops and panels designed to ignite great girlfriends by putting their ideas into motion and moving the needle to get the results they desire out of life. This is where you'll have the opportunity to find the spark of passion you'll need to succeed in your personal lives, in your careers, in your businesses, in motherhood, in relationships, and more. Last but not least is ColorCom C2 in Miami, July 24th through 26th, also happening in New York. C2, short for ColorCom Conference, is a business conference geared toward women of color in communications. For many Black women who are at corporate agencies or companies, they often don't see themselves represented in the spaces they're in. Back in Miami, C2 will convene over 500 multicultural professional women to show them that they are seen. With innovative programs and topics presented by the industry's top practitioners and thought leaders, this conference provides a safe space to address relevant issues from like-minded women. We are back with Mr. Lewis Kelly to finish up our mindset discussion, mindset for Black entrepreneurs. Welcome back, Mr. Kelly. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Just a quick recap of kind of what we've covered so far. We've certainly looked at um, mindset as the as the as number one the mindset is primary uh we definitely took a look at history and kind of um, talked about how it is that our present was shaped by the programming we received uh beginning in the 1600s and so i'd like to maybe go from here into a progressive conversation we did talk a little bit about diet as well i shouldn't leave that out <laughs> uh, but yeah let's talk now about how do we get out of this place you know i see there's a emerging consciousness there's an awakening of sorts that's happening do you feel like that's reaching a critical mass what do you feel like is necessary from here um i feel like what is necessary is to have the ability to take action um, when you say the word mindset we talked about what mind means and we covered uh what the word set means Set means to be placed in a particular area and or to lay in a particular area. Sure. Back in the day, we used to do races as kids. We used to get down at the line, put our hands at the line or put our feet at the line. And we used to say on your mark, get set, ready, go. Hmm. And then we will start racing. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful with the word set because set only means to be still. I think about the word settle, settling, settlement. Right, but after that, the word go has to be intervened. Okay. You got to put movement to it. 
So what we have to do, we have to, we have to add the ability and to gain the courage to take action. There have been a lot of plans that we all have said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. So many goals and dreams mm -hmm. are in the cemetery now. Mm -hmm. Taking up permanent residence. That's right. Wow. So many unused, untapped territories that we have had the opportunity to take advantage of, similar to our forefathers. During Black History Month, we have learned a tremendous amount about people that never stayed locked into the word set. Mm -hmm. Sure. The book, good, the, the good book says, the book of life says that ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That is used by a lot of people. Mm. When in fact, what we should focus on is not the truth setting us free, but the truth making us free. Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Because sure. when you set something, if you just open up a cage and open up the door and let the animal run out, you've set that animal free mm -hmm. with no information or education on what to do with their lives. But if you are being made free, then this is where the education comes in at. This is where your group, your organization, putting on seminars, putting on talks like this, that's why I'm so proud of you. Because you are just not setting, you are making things happen. Hmm. You are putting together a plan of action. And you have to understand that a lot of us want everything to be perfect before we do something. Guess what? It never happens because we, we never get to that perfection where we're looking for. It will never be perfected. Hmm. So we have to have the courage to put things out there. We have to have courage to do things and to try things and not be afraid to fail. Yeah. Because the best definition of persistence is to be able to go from failure to failure without losing any enthusiasm. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> if you just tuned in, uh, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today having a candid conversation uh, with Lewis Kelly about mindset, now moving into uh, what's necessary for change, talking about courage, talking about action. I love it. What else do you have? I just and, got the four-minute cue. Okay, so. great. And within, within that confine, yes. once things starts happening, people are going to start looking at you and saying, he's lucky or she's lucky. After mm -hmm. you've put yourself out there, after mm -hmm. you started doing this thus or so, they're going to call you lucky without understanding that one of the best definitions for luck that I've ran across is preparation meeting opportunity. If you are preparing yourself, if you prepare yourself in the very beginning of something mm -hmm. and that opportunity comes along, and when that opportunity meets up with your preparation, then 
it will be easy for people to say you're lucky. It was lucky. It was <laughs> luck, right. But it wasn't that you were lucky, you were prepared. You were prepared. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. That's good. <laughs> We've got three minutes. I know you've got um I know you've got more in there. Oh, absolutely. And I could ask questions and pull things out of well, you, but one I feel day, like one you're day, already one day, on a one day, one day I'll share with you the ant's philosophy. One once, day? Once we, well, I've got, I can do it in three minutes. I can do it in two minutes. Okay. The ant's philosophy compared with the grasshopper. Okay. One thing about the ant, the ant thinks all summer, winter. The grasshopper thinks summer all summer. The grasshopper plays summer and winter. The ant during the summertime is thinking wintertime is coming. So yeah. every time you turn around, the ant, and you're going to start seeing that in the next month, the ant is going to come out of the ground after being in the ground underneath the earth's surface for so many months with food mm -hmm. that they got out of your house, my house, his house, their house, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? Right. Because they go to work. They prepare themselves for the winter's yeah. chill as yeah. opposed to the grasshopper. The grasshopper plays around all summer long and when the winter's chill comes, the grasshopper dies because mm -hmm. it has no home to go into. Mm -hmm. I've seen many times where my storm door is at my house and a grasshopper will as it starts getting in the September, October months, the grasshopper tries to jump through the window or jump through the storm door and hits his head because he can't get in because he refused to prepare himself during the summer as opposed to the ant that prepares themselves all summer long for the winter's chill. And we have to understand that same concept. We have to put preparation first. We have to prepare our minds, ourselves, our hearts, our plans, our goals first. And then we will be able to have the courage to take action. Wow, I hear you putting a lot of responsibility on us. That's, and I like it. That's all we got. I'm a, that's the, I, I like the proactive, <laughs> I like the solutions oriented that's approach, you know. I think it's wonderful. Somebody just slid you a number. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, so, that's great. Great. Yeah, so we've got just a minute here. I know you have a uh, somewhat of a podcast that you do. Do yes. you want to talk a little bit about yes. that? I call it, going to break? Yes, I call it the organic truth. Okay. Uh, organic I do truth. it. I do it every um, every Tuesday from seven o'clock to eight o'clock on the telephone. If you can read the uh, yeah the flyer, people can call in. They can listen. They can call me, and I can give it to them. My number is area code seven five seven. 696 1983. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them the number yeah. on Tuesdays. So the organic truth, you can call in to 605 472 5463 with an access code of 739 241. Again, that's 605 472 5463 with an access code of 739 Two four one. That's every Tuesday from seven to eight. Tuesdays from seven to eight p.m. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. We are closing out this twenty-fifth edition of Black Wall Street today. Hasn't this been phenomenal? I've got three quick announcements, and then Mr. Kelly is going to close us out. 
First is Norfolk State University's Innovation Center opened its doors on Monday of this week. If you're looking for a co-working and collaboration space, head over to Main Street, downtown Norfolk, and find out about their new space. Second is a reminder about our government contracting Brunch and Learn featuring R.T. Swindell and Christopher Letzinger that you met on the show today. Uh, you can get tickets on Eventbrite networking brunch and learn just look it up you'll find it there it's this saturday from 11 to 1 at cutlass grill did i mention the food at cutlass is amazing and my last announcement is next week this is my birth month i'm just committed to talking about all things that are important to me we're going to be talking about the business of the black church we're going to talk about the black church's responsibility to economic empowerment with Siobhan Sellers and Dr. James Jones, who is both pastor and Hampton University faculty. Now to close us out, Mr. Lewis Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I would love to have been on that panel for next week. <laughs> Come back and join <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> the Black church. Okay. Anyway, I would like to say thank you for so, I, I would like to thank you for inviting me here. Thank and a lot of here. people don't know that I am so proud of you and your organization and the things that you have did and have done for the community as well as for the world because the things that you're doing is going to be stretching that far. So I'm, that. I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Very, very proud of you. Thank you so um, much. I would like to say that the information that was given today was given out of the heart. And for us to go back and rethink some of the things that has been said and put it into fruition. It's similar to a story back in the day. It was, I told this about 20 some odd years ago of a story of a man called Old Man John. <clears throat> okay. Old Man John was considered the wisest man in the land. And there was two little boys. And one of the little boys in the land was a trickster and he thought that he could go up to the mountaintop where old man John lived and fool him. <laughs> and one of the guys says, why won't we go up to the mountain on the hill and do a trick on old man John? He says, what's the trick we're gonna be? He says, easy, I'm gonna take a bird and I'm gonna take a bird out of the tree nest and put it in the back of my hands and I'm gonna hold that bird and I'm going to ask old man John, is this bird dead or is this bird alive? Old man John can't answer that one. So they went up there and old man John, to make it quick, was sitting in his rocking chair, minding his own business. And the young man had a bird in the back and he had thought that if old man John says that the bird is dead, he's gonna let the bird go and fly away. He says if, the, if old man John says the bird is alive, he's gonna squeeze and kill the bird. And so he went and showed the bird to old man John and he asked old man John, old man John, is this bird dead or is this bird alive? Old man John looked at the young man, he says, I can tell you one thing, that bird is simply in the palms of your hand, young man. It's whatever you will for it to be. If you will for it to be dead, it's dead. If you will for it to be alive, it is truly alive. But that wow. bird is simply in the palms of your hand. This information is simply in the palms of your hand. It is whatever you will for it to be. That's if you good. will for it to live, it can live within you. If you will to kill it and squash it, it can die but it is simply in the palms of your hand. Wow. Thank you again. You're so welcome. For this power hour <laughs> with Lewis <laughs> Kelly. Folks, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for your time. 
stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. (laughs) 